Ayurveda and yoga, they actually teach we come into this life with some lessons to learn. And so we have specific challenges that our soul is here to work on. And then as we live life, our choices through what we eat and what we do and what time we go to bed and who we hang out with and how we spend our time are going to drive our energy in a certain direction. And so when we're making chaotic choices, there's going to be chaos in the body. I really can't think of anything more important than waking up to your true self. I mean, once you do that, every single thing in your life changes. It's like a whole new world opens up. I used to look at my life and think, there has got to be more. There is, and this is it. I'm Paige, and this is Spiritual Twenties. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to episode 10 of Spiritual Twenties. My name is Paige, and in today's episode, we have a yoga and Ayurveda expert, Angela Perger. Angela is a nature-loving mama of two beach babies, Ayurveda and yoga educator, and self-proclaimed minimalist. She teaches Ayurveda and yoga because these ancient sciences gave her the tools to self-heal from ulcerative colitis, hypothyroidism, and a rare autoimmune liver condition. Her purpose is to share how you can incorporate the wisdom of these teachings into your everyday modern life. The Simple Ayurveda Collective is an ongoing guided support system with practical, everyday ways to implement Ayurveda. Individual mini-courses are available a la carte or as part of the Simple Ayurveda Collective Membership. The continuing education courses for yoga teachers and experienced practitioners are for those to expand their practice and teaching to include other aspects of the Vedas. Angela is an Ayurveda certified health counselor. She is an Ayurvedic chef and a yoga teacher with a Master of Science in Education. I have checked out Angela's Simple Ayurveda Collective membership for myself, and guys, it does not disappoint. I particularly love how Angela breaks everything down into digestible, simple information that you can actually use to make a change in your life, to tap into greater health and vitality. Angela has been so generous to offer the Spiritual 20s listeners with 20% off a membership using the code SPIRITUAL20. I will have the link to connect with Angela and to check out the Simple Ayurveda Collective membership in the show notes. And if you decide to sign up for the membership, which you should, use the code SPIRITUAL20, that's SPIRITUAL20, for 20% off. I am a firm believer in holistic wellness and using these ancient sciences and bringing them back to our everyday lives. That is part of my mission. And so I couldn't think of anyone better than Angela to have come on and given us just an overview of what Ayurveda is and what yoga is even we touched on and how this is relevant to you and how you can use these practices in your everyday life and it's not going to require some total massive overhaul it's not going to require some crazy diet or a million dollars in supplements and pills 
this is something that is truly available to everybody and it's something that has changed my life and particularly my overall health and well-being. It has dramatically changed Angela's life, which you'll hear about. And I hope that by getting this introduction and tasting a little bit of this medicine, it can start to work its magic and make its way into your life. Without further ado, here is Angela Perger. Hi, Angela. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the show. We're really excited. First, I think we would all love to know who the heck you are and what the heck Ayurveda is. And so first, if you want to tell us a bit about your story, I know we'd all love to hear it. Thanks. My name is Angela Perger, and I am an Ayurveda health counselor and an Ayurveda chef. And basically, I came to Ayurveda after many, many years of looking for health in other places. And Ayurveda is sort of like the divine mother. She's the ancient source that all of the other healing traditions. And so like we're going right to the source of the text that we have when we're talking about Ayurveda. And basically my story is that when I was 21, I was diagnosed with a few autoimmune conditions, one of them being ulcerative colitis and the other one being primary sclerosing cholangitis, which is an autoimmune liver condition. So when I was 21, my doctors told me I'd need medication for the rest of my life. I'd need a liver transplant in 10 years and then I wasn't gonna be able to have children. Oh my God. Yeah, so at the time, um, obviously I was upset, but a little tiny part of me didn't fully believe it. <laughs> so I went on this quest of discovering different sorts of diets over the years. Like I've done vegan, I've done paleo, I've done GAPS, which is like a bone broth diet. I've done all sorts of things. Um, meanwhile, I fell in love with yoga. I used to be an inner city teacher, so I started going to yoga just to relieve stress and and yoga and Ayurveda are sister sciences. So when I did my yoga teacher training 10 years ago, I was introduced to the idea of Ayurveda, but I was confused by it and I didn't understand it. So I kind of put it on the back burner, which I know if anyone listening is confused by Ayurveda, you're not alone. <laughs> There's a lot of different terms and things that come up when you look it up. And so when I became a yoga teacher and started teaching, I had a student in my class actually that was studying Ayurveda. So that got me back into it. And I started working with her to heal some of the imbalances that were in my body. And meanwhile, I just want to share also that I did not need a liver transplant. I'm 38 and I've never had to get that. Oh, um, so yeah, that's 17 years after they gave me that diagnosis. And I also have two children that are three and seven years old. So when Yeah. So when, when the doctor tells you something, you know, they're not like the end all be all. They're just guessing based on what they know. And what they know is based on a certain set of guidelines and, you know, books that they studied from basically. Right. <laughs> so it's like, it's questions. not the whole picture. Yep. I have questions already, if you don't mind me. Interrupting. Yeah, sure. Pop in. <laughs> so when first, my first question is, I love, love, love that you already had that instinct and that intuition that to turn to food. 
because I think that that is even one of the the basic things that I hope people get across from this that food is medicine and it's it really is so much about lifestyle and so that you had that intuition because most people would say I'm not accepting this diagnosis let me look for another one you know let me look for another thing you know another explanation another way that I can describe this maybe another pill another something like that and I love that you had that intuition of turning to food. Do you remember like what that was that made you think, let me do something about my diet? Well, you know, the thing with ulcerative colitis, if anyone's not familiar with what it is, it's yeah. inflammation of the colon. So basically when there's a flare up, um, it's kind of painful to eat. You have to use the bathroom a lot. And so how can that not be related to food? Right. <laughs> it's like right. you eat something and you need to go to the bathroom right away. And sometimes there's uncontrollable urges. Like right. how the doctors are like, oh no, you know, just basically their advice is like, don't eat something to aggravate it, but like there's nothing right. you can do to heal it. And it's like, it's literally the digestive system whose function is to process what we consume. So I didn't have that vocabulary, obviously at 21 and finding out about this, but it's just like, it was almost like common sense. Like mm -hmm. what, what I eat is not being processed correctly and causing me discomfort and pain. And so obviously it's somehow tied to what I'm eating. And it's not to say that, you know, food is like the cause of everything or that, you know, but it's a huge part of our life. I mean, we eat like most of us three times a day, if not, you know, more or less, give or take. So like, it's something we're consistently doing. So yeah, I wasn't sure how or what kind of food and Ayurveda is very nuanced, but yet there's some parts of it that are super simple that, you know, we could do right away. And I didn't have that yet. So I was trying vegetables because, you know, plant medicine just seemed like common sense, like, okay, I'll eat a lot of vegetables. Mm -hmm. But the whole thing about vegetables is when the colon is like inflamed and raw and red, and then you put something that's fibrous in there and a little bit difficult to digest, even though it's, you know, healthy. It's like if our body can't process it, then it's not healthy for us. Right. So it has to be modified in some way. And so that's like a big piece of Ayurveda basically is what is your body able to process and get nutrients from? And so that's the whole basis of digestion and it's called Agni, the digestive fire and how it functions in Ayurveda is supporting that so that your body's able to break down the food and use those nutrients. Right. Yeah. I think that the point there, even just out of the gate is, is this basic principle of when something is off, you know, we're so used to looking for answers outside of ourselves. We're so used to looking at what, what band-aid can I slap on this, right? So my, my back hurts. I'm experiencing all this tension. What, what pill can I take? What thing can I rub on it? And then we scarcely look at, well, what am I doing? You know, what am I how am I nourishing my body? How am I moving my body? Let's think, and I love how you said common sense because that's the way that I think we'll frame this whole episode because that's how I, in my life coaching, have always approached health. I say, scrap everything you've ever heard because it's so, it is, I really empathize with people who are looking at diet and looking at, you know, their health and are just so lost and confused because there's so much conflicting information out there. And so what I always like to say is to just scrap all that and start from scratch and let's just think what makes sense here, right? And so it would make sense 
to say what usually feels good, what usually makes me feel good, what can I process, what can I digest well, and how do I feel after this, how do I feel after that, and and kind of making those intuitive, common sense, you know, decisions. And so I love that just out of the gate to start off to make that point that Ayurveda is all about individualization. Is that the word? Yeah. And of this approach to health that's individualized for each person because we are all different and our bodies are going to react to different things. Yeah, yeah. I feel like like a lot of, you know, different diets and protocols, like they all work for someone. Right. (laughs) But then it's finding that foundation that works for you, the individual. And that's really the understanding of Ayurveda. Yeah. And I love, isn't the definition of Ayurveda the science of life? Yeah, it's it's translated in as the science of life or sometimes the knowledge or wisdom of life. And how what how did you describe that again, that connection to yoga? Because I've never um, mentioned on the show yet, but yoga is not just the act of doing yoga, correct? Like how does that what is that relationship? Ayurveda and yoga are sister sciences. There's actually a third sister in there, Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology, which is the birth chart. Yep. So Ayurveda and yoga, Ayurveda is the world's oldest wellness system. It focuses on diet and lifestyle and sleep and basically like our energy management. And then yoga is the spiritual side. So the traditional view of yoga is more about spiritual liberation. What we think of as yoga in the West, uh, yoga asana, the physical poses, that is like a very small part. And in fact, the yoga sutras sort of, it's one of the eight limbs, you know, yoga asana, the physical poses are one of the eight limbs of yoga. And even within that, my understanding is that that word asana comes from this word ascendi, which means a block to sit upon. (laughs) So asana is actually just a meditation seat (laughs) so that we can get to this higher spiritual place. Um, But I had this yoga teacher explain to me once, I love this, the practice of yoga is like rocking the baby to sleep. It's like it's helping us get out that energy so that we're able to sit and meditate. And that place that we go when we meditate is actually, you know, the place like spiritual liberation and moksha and all of those things so when we look at yoga for physical and mental health we're really looking at ayurveda because we're looking at what are the practices we're doing to take care of our physical body so that we feel well so we don't have the pain and what are the practices of yoga and breathing and chanting and all of that that bring mental peace and clarity and all of that is really more in the realm of ayurveda because that's diet and lifestyle right oh that was such beautiful i just understood that in a in a deeper way even just hearing you say it i think that a lot of people are going to have light bulbs there and even just you know that yoga isn't just downward dog and things like that so I was recently having a conversation with one of my friends who was talking about the physical body and and how we align our physical body to our spirit. And it's exactly what you just said. This is what kind of my goal is with this show is to 
bring all aspects of our lives into alignment and into alignment with what? Into alignment with our true self, our soul and spirit. And that is exactly what Ayurveda is here to help us do and yoga is here to help us do in that you know, when we can treat our body like the sacred vessel than it is, then we're bringing it into alignment with our soul and spirit. Because if our soul and spirit is light and love and vivacious and all of these amazing qualities, and then we're, you know, putting Twinkies and McDonald's into it on a regular basis, and we're sitting all day and we're hunched over all day. These are the basic practices that, yeah, this is the most ancient wisdom out there that just says, Again, to, to make it really common sense, move and eat things that are going to keep that life energy going. And that life energy, I feel like, is, is a huge part of what Ayurveda has to offer because and something that I'm personally interested in right now in, that, in this idea that our world can be so draining today between the media and the news and just the way that we live that's so fast and it's so stressful to our energy bodies to our emotional bodies to our physical bodies i feel like ayurveda has a lot to offer in this area of kind of like energy and stamina which i think is something that so many people are struggling with you know i see so many people in their 20s especially turning to to things like amphetamines and energy drinks and coffee and caffeine pills even and these band-aids that that could be addressed in another way this is such a huge topic and i i see like two main avenues to approach it one is that it is mentally exhausting processing everything that's going on in the world right now. And so for me personally, I'm very careful about what I allow into my mind and, you know, like the things that I consume. So just like I explained that our digestive fire, our Agni has to process all the food and drinks and things that we consume um, that nourish us. That same digestive fire has to process all of the media that we take in and all the scrolling and all the videos we watch and everything else. And so the, obviously like the more things we take in, the more we're asking our body to process. And just in practical terms, like for me, that means like, I don't watch things that have commercials. I don't watch the news. I don't read mainstream news. Like my feed, I'm very particular about who I follow. I don't want to like pop on my Instagram and see something you know, that's like really draining all of the time. And so, yeah, I'm very careful with what I choose to consume and the amount of time, you know, like I definitely turn it off at a certain time for me, it's 9 PM most Mm -hmm. of the time by 9 PM. That way, um, I have like an hour and then I go to bed. So there's like that space. So I think for everyone, the more that we can create intentional space in everyday life, wherever it is, whether it means like not checking the phone, like my phone in another room now, that way I won't have to check it and wake up. Like I have time to brush my teeth and meditate in my bed for a few minutes and things before I go and check in with the outside world. So I think that is like mental health necessity, especially in this day and age to create those boundaries and to take time off an afternoon off from it or a day off from it when we can and things like that. So that's like the first part. 
But then the other part is, um, like you said, instead of um, turning to all of these outside sources for energy, is tapping into our own energy and really honoring this vessel that we have of, as our human body so that we take care of it so that there's so many pieces to this because there's um, there's our need in society to go, go, go and to be on all the time. And so then that's not natural for the human body. You know, Ayurveda is like all about connecting with nature. It teaches that we are a part of nature. Human beings, we're like animals with consciousness. Right. And animals sleep. They're not, you know, and if they're nocturnal, they sleep during the day. Like they have breaks, <laughs> not like us humans who just try to like do stuff all night and then wake up in the morning and go to a job or do this or that. It's like, that's not going to be sustainable for anyone. And when we're younger, we can kind of get away with it, but it takes its toll. And mm -hmm. as we can see, it takes the toll younger and younger. And just like my body, you know, like basically broke down and had all these diseases come on at the age of 21. So okay. that's like, cause I was, you know, in college and working and staying up all night and just doing a lot of stuff that there were things leading up to that crash, but like all of those factors played a part in the crash. Right. Yeah, definitely. And, and I can speak a bit to, to my journey as well. I have had chronic pain since I was maybe 14 years old and definitely, definitely was burning the candle at both ends. Even from high school, I remember I would sleep like four hours a night between I went to a pretty academically vigorous high school and middle school too. And so I had hours of homework and then I had hours of extracurriculars. I was a singer. I was a dancer. I taught dance. And then I had a job at, you know, the local pizza place and just was, was completely... I would sleep maximum four hours a night and then in college kind of carried those practices through too and then added well even my drinking and and kind of consumption journey started really young too so that has definitely taken a major toll I would probably started like heavily drinking at like 14 and so you know, all of that adds up, but then also needing to perform. I was a straight A student in, in high school and college and had internships and jobs and all of these things. And that, and so for me, that did result in burnout. It resulted in depression. It's resulted in years and years of chronic pain that I just have never been able to really address until pretty recently where I've been turning to this ancient wisdom where I've been realizing that it's not that I need to go have a surgery. It's not that I need to start taking some medication. It's that I need to slow down. I need to connect to my roots, connect to my soul and spirit, connect to the nature, the being that's in all of us and say, all right, what am I doing here? It was really for me so life-changing to turn to these principles of Right. The basic, you know, we're not talking over anybody's heads here. It's, okay, the human body needs rest. Okay, the human body needs nourishing food, not something made in a factory with chemicals. The human body needs to move. Our energetic body needs meditation. Our energetic body needs flow and love and all of these things, right? And so just taking a look at that and turning to that ancient wisdom to me has been has been really life-changing in my healing journey as well. But I'm so glad that I feel like your story with having that diagnosis and that prognosis, I really want to 
again, just touch on that because I know so many people who have these kinds of experiences and, you know, it's not that we're saying don't listen to medical doctors, of course, but it really is so important to also welcome in this this side of things because here you are completely defied every single thing that that you were doomed for, right? And so it's just, I really love that story that you told your story about having that intuition of, I think that there's another way. You know, it's funny because I, I had seen a few different people. Over the years, I've seen Western doctors. I've seen university head doctors because the liver condition's rare. So I get sent to like specialists for that. Um, and I had seen a naturopath. And then I saw an Ayurveda counselor. And then finally, she said, this is beyond me because she was just only had been doing it a few years. You know, she's like, I'm going to send you to my teacher. And I realized like, I can keep going from person to person to person, or I can just study for myself. Mm. So that's like what drove me to take on formal studies of Ayurveda. I didn't plan actually to share it, but then just once I started practicing it and experiencing changes pretty quickly, I, I felt like it was my dharma, my life's purpose to share it because it's like, magical and so much of it is free or very low cost like you know sleeping with your phone in another room huge making sure that you get eight hours of sleep all of these things they don't cost anything they just take a little bit of effort and awareness but as you know like once you start doing these little small shifts and I know for me like I started feeling so great immediately that it prompts me to want to make little other small sustainable shifts and then now it's like you know, I do stay out once in a while. I have young kids, so I don't stay up super late. But once in a while, I stay up till midnight or something. And I feel it the next day. So right. it's like, you know, I still like want to live my life and have those experiences. If I go to a party or a wedding or something, it's not like I'm not going to go. Right. But it's just like, that's a special occasion. And there is like a cost in the mind and body the next day. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's funny. I've said recently to friends that I feel like I'm learning to how to drink again in the best way that my body just doesn't I used to be able to drink way more than I can now but it's okay you know and it's and it's a good thing just to learn and and like you said I love that you said that because you know in a perfect world none of us would be you know drinking and smoking and doing whatever but but that's not realistic but what we can do for most of us is is be conscious and make conscious decisions and make decisions that are in alignment and that are are treating our body like I keep saying but like the sacred vessel that it is and that's looking at all of these practices and our consumption and I, I meant to say earlier that the consumption piece I I'm the same way I don't do news I don't do media I real I actually don't have social media right now like I don't have an Instagram or a Facebook and I'm kind of, I'm scared about when I'm going to get that back again. You know, I don't know when that time will be, but, but yeah, it's just, it's so life-changing to when you experience these, these small changes. And I feel like something that turns people off of this conversation maybe is that it feels like it's not enough. You know, like I think that people are waiting for the answer. That's like this big revelation. And I think that with so much of this work that we're talking about, it is common sense in a way. So it's like, no, there's got to be something more. It's got to be something else. There's got to be something like bigger. That's like the secret to living a happy, healthy life. And we're just like, 
nope, really just it is what you think it is, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you know, I, I want to go back to a second about um, how we were talking about, like, if you do have a medical condition, like, you can still see your Western doctor and everything. And right. you absolutely, like, should still take your medication or do whatever they're whatever plan they have you on. But meanwhile, this is where you can start to make these small things that don't seem like anything, right. <laughs> these little small shifts. And then, for example, like I was diagnosed with hypothyroidism um, during my pregnancy, which is common for the hormones to kind of be all over the place. And so, the, of course, the doctor said, you're going to need to take this medication for the rest of your life. At this point, I just nod and smile when they tell me that. Um, So I took the medication while I was pregnant because they kind of scared me into saying like, you know, I don't want anything to happen to the baby. But then once she was born, I started to make the tweaks to my diet and my lifestyle and everything else. Meanwhile, still taking the medication. So then when I went back for the blood test, she said, oh, you don't need us anymore. I don't know how that happened. Of course, they don't want to like acknowledge (laughs) that has anything to do with (laughs) it. But um, yeah, so like you can still do whatever protocol you're on and meanwhile do this and then get that wonderful (laughs) conversation right and then the doctors are how did this happen I think um do you know who Karen Hurd is I don't think so she um she's the bean lady she has the bean protocol I don't know some people know about that but anyways she has similar story and that she has completely healed extreme extreme cases of of various cancers, of various um, autoimmunes, of things like that. Um, it started because her daughter was diagnosed with I forget what. Long and short of it is that when she healed her daughter, she did the same thing you did that, you know, all right, well, I'm not accepting this answer, so I'm just going to go have to learn myself. So she began studying food as medicine, etc. And yeah, same thing that her daughter miraculously healed. Everyone was stunned and... Nobody was interested in hearing about what she did. She said she was so excited, you know, oh my God, this is this is amazing. Like here you go, here's all my notes, here's what I did, and and the doctors just weren't interested. This is just an enigma. And so again, we're not saying Western medicine is bad, we're not saying anything like that. However, it just to to kind of shed light on, I just think that's such an interesting story that there really is this other whole other science and it's the most ancient most long-standing science that we have of how to live a happy healthy life and and it's definitely something that I think everybody should welcome in in addition to seeing their normal doctor doing all that because because there are serious limitations I think what I had a similar experience, like after my blood test came back a couple of years ago for the liver condition, my doctor actually called me on a Saturday and he's like the head of a university hospital to tell me that my blood work was perfect. Um, And so I said, oh yeah, I'm following Ayurveda. And he's like, well, whatever you're doing is working. So he did give me that acknowledgement, although I don't know how curious he was about Ayurveda. But then when I there is a group, like a foundation for that rare disease. So I sent them an email of like, oh, my blood test came back perfect. And, you know, crickets, like no one wrote me back. And I realized that if we're not in a place of consciousness to accept a little bit of self-responsibility, mm-hmm. then it's, it's painful. And it's not to say that whatever diseases or pains we have are our fault, Right. Or that we purposely manifested them in our life, you know, because 
Ayurveda and yoga, they actually teach like we come into this life with some lessons to learn. And so we have specific challenges that our soul is here to work on. And then as we live life, our choices through what we eat and what we do and what time we go to bed and who we hang out with and how we spend our time are going to drive our energy in a certain direction. And so when we're making chaotic choices, there's going to be chaos in the body. Yeah. And when we're making more rhythmic, peaceful choices for ourselves, there's going to be more rhythm and peace in the body. So there is some self-responsibility there. And for me, it's actually very exciting because instead of being a complete victim and being told there's right. nothing you can do, oh, well, you're just going to be dying. Right. You know, like, oh, there's actually oh, something I can't do. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it, you know, with self-responsibility comes self-empowerment. We have a choice on how we want to feel and, and everything. And therefore, we have a choice if, you know, if we want to continue to feel bad or if we want to do something to balance ourselves. Exactly. I couldn't agree more with, with this idea that it, well, at times and at first, I know sometimes it can be overwhelming or it can trigger certain reactions when we hear things like something that I talk about a lot is that, you know, you're the only person that controls your happiness, right? So then people are immediately going to kind of have those flare-ups of, well, this is happening to me and this is happening to me and those things, those can all be true and those are things that we can all empathize with and we, we also have to realize that we have the ability to tap into this, this life energy and our soul and spirit all the time and for me, I love to share this message because to me that's very empowering. I would rather somebody tell me that my happiness comes from me because I'm, I can control me, right? I can control what I do. I can't control literally anything else, like literally nothing else in the whole world, right? And so I agree that it's totally so empowering for people to hear, like I said, your story and just to learn even a little bit about this knowledge and this wisdom because you don't have to be a victim of a diagnosis. You don't have to be a, a victim of whatever it is that's going on in your world. We always have things that we can that we can do and mind shifts, mindsets that we can shift and and all of that. So I completely agree. One thing that I would love for you to do for people is tell us about the three main dosha types. Sure. So the whole foundation of Ayurveda is that we are a part of nature. And everything in nature is based on the building blocks of the five elements. So earth, water, fire, wind or air, and then ether, which is empty space. And then from those five elements, we have the three energies that are formed that are the doshas. So we have kapha dosha, which is earth with some water. Then we have pitta, which is fire and water. And we have vata, which is ether and air, so space and air. So these doshas show up in so many different ways. All of us have all three doshas within us. And the doshas have different functions and qualities in the body. So for example, Kapha dosha being earth and water is like the stability and cohesion of our bodies. So it's 
literally like the structure that holds us together. And it is like the lubrication in the joints, the things that like make things flow easily, the saliva in the mouth, um, the lining of the digestive tract, things like that. Then we have pitta, which is the power of transformation. So that's has a lot to do with our digestive system and taking food and turning it into nutrients. And it has a lot to do with our hormones and converting things. And just like, it's like um, the engine of the car. (laughs) And then we have Vata, which is wind or air. So there's movement there Um, and ether, which is space. So this is the circulation in our body. This is our prana, our breath, our life force energy. And it's, in motion. So Vata is all about motion. So those are what the three doshas are. And then each one of us is born with a unique prakriti, which is the Sanskrit word for a combination of those three doshas. So for example, someone could be mostly kapha. They might have mostly kapha, a little bit of pitta and some vata. That's like an example of someone's prakriti that they were born with. Mine is more pitta, Next would be vata and then like a little bit of kapha. That's what I have. It's not a surprise because if you have the fire to like run your own podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I'll talk a little bit about like how it shows up in personalities. (laughs) So that listeners can recognize the, the doshas within themselves. It's important though to understand before I go into like the body types or personality types, just to understand there's two things that we look at in Ayurveda. We all have this unique combination that we're born with. It could be a little bit confusing to figure it out. Like I first learned about Ayurveda 10 years ago in a yoga teacher training. And then I even went and got a consultation, but Mm -hmm. that um, practitioner told me I was tridoshic, like an equal part of all three, which is not common at all. And it's not true for me. So there is an art and a science to understanding people. It's kind of like you know, if you don't like your first yoga teacher, you don't like your first coach or your first Ayurveda consultation, like don't throw out Mm -hmm. the whole science or the whole practice. You just have to find the right person that you connect with. That um, type of person that you were born as, which it's not, no one is like, we have all three. So no one is 100%, you know, but it's helpful to kind of see the doshas as archetypes because then you can recognize these tendencies. And then the second piece is what's happening in your life right now, which is called your vikruti or vikruti. And um, so for example, I could be a very pitta person, but my vata could be out of balance. And this is common. Most of us have vata imbalance. (laughs) I just took a thing before this and I am currently vata heavy. It's pretty impossible to live in 2020 (laughs) and have vata (laughs) reined in unless you like, you know, live in the woods and like really commit having a calm peaceful lifestyle which I think this year is like really (laughs) would be a challenge right which is weird actually because I kind of have done honestly at the beginning of this year I was totally hermited and like on a complete spiritual journey if you're familiar with the hero's journey at all or anybody listening like I was in the other realm and so but now I think I'm coming back and so it does make sense that my that my vata is imbalanced, but yeah, I would love for you to do that, um, to touch on how people can identify that for themselves. Besides, do you have a, a quiz or anything on your? I do. I have a quiz. Um, my website is simpleayurveda.com and on there you'll see it says like click for the modern day dosha quiz so that when you go and take online quizzes, 
there will be questions about the texture of your hair, the size of your eyes, and all of these things. It's really hard to tell that about yourself. <laughs> you know, it's like, do I have squinty eyes? Do I have I big eyes? I don't know. <laughs> so I tried to make the quiz like easier um, to break down these sort of categories and, and what they show up in your body and, and in your mind and like how you act. So the questions are a little more modern. That being said, this is like the discovery of who you are at your very essence. And no piece of paper is going to give you that answer. Right, right. Um, and so the point of spiritual 20s. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah, it's like, okay, I know who I am, click. Right, right. <laughs> it's like not what we're trying to do, but yes. So it's like a journey. It's like the alchemist, you know, you're like on your path to finding yourself. So you can take a couple of different quizzes and sort of put the picture together. Also, when you get the quiz, then I also send you a video that really breaks down the doshas super in depth. So you okay. can get that to like a free video lesson because this is like the most common thing that comes up. Right. So there's that. And the more you understand the doshas, then the more you'll see them play out in yourself and in your friends and your family and things like that. So there's, yeah, there's what's happening now in your body. And then there's what you were born with. And so with what you were born with, Hatha being earth and water elements, it um, with stability and structure and cohesion, it's a stockier body type. So it doesn't mean necessarily that the person is like overweight. It just means that the bones are a little bit bigger. So like wrist diameter and ankles and things like that are where you can mm -hmm. sort of look to see for that, for the bone structure thicker hair. Basically, kapha is a slower moving dosha because it is keeping things held together. And so the body will hold on nutrients. So that means like thicker skin, big round eyes, thick hair. Um, and then the personality, kapha types have the tendency to be more stable. Like they're not the one that's just going to like disappear tomorrow off to a trip somewhere. Right. Right. <laughs> like they, not me. Yeah, yeah they were. <laughs> my Kafa friends like they live in their hometown they live in our hometown yeah. <laughs> right they I'm call their mom people yeah like they call their mom and check in <laughs> right I'm like bouncing around like the Energizer bunny on a plane tomorrow yeah yeah like if your family can't keep track of you you're probably not a Kafa <laughs> yes precisely <laughs> um Kafas like they're when they're in balance, they're really loving and content because if you think about energy and not having this urge to be bouncing around and everything, they're just happier where they're at. So therefore they're less likely to take risks. And sometimes this is where things could go out of balance. A kappa out of balance might be stubborn or stuck in their old ways and mm -hmm. not want to try new things. And so that's where they need the pizza or the vata friend to be like, come on, we're going to go do this. Right. So like two kappas in a relationship would totally stay home every night and watch Netflix <laughs> and chill. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then pizzas, pizza body type is just medium. Um, they can have redder skin. Pizza is fire. So fire will show up, you know, like if you flush easily, that's a sign of pizza. Um, yeah. And pizzas are fiery. They're leaders, they're teachers, they're lawyers, they're argumentative. They like to be right. They, all, they are right often. <laughs> so it's like pizzas, it's helpful to soften, to focus on compassion um, because that won't necessarily, it, 
Pitt does really care about being right. And that can be totally used for like social justice or like in our case, like we care about natural healing and like not this veil of, you know, whatever's going on <laughs> with pills and prescriptions. And, and like, we want to bring truth out there. So that's like a very Pitta type personality tendency. It can manifest in many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And to touch on quickly, when you said about the relationships, like I think that I have a tendency to be attracted to people, at least people who have kapha tendencies because I'm, or, or just, you know, like, and again, to break that down for people who aren't familiar, like people who are more patient and more content and, and can just kind of chill, have that grounding energy. I'm really attracted to that because I feel like that balances me out. Is that kind of a tendency? Is that a, something that happens? Yeah. So basically, when it comes to <clears throat> Ayurveda, a foundational principle is like attracts like and opposites create balance. So mm-hmm. when we're in balance, we... You know, it's not to say that you can't have friends or a partner that's a similar dosha type than you because there's pros and cons or pluses and minuses or however you want to say it, (laughs) Um, you know, to like both aspects. But it is very true that opposite qualities will balance you. And likewise, like my all of my best friends have a lot of kapha and my husband's a pitta kapha. So he's very pitta and work driven, but then he has like a calmness and a stability about him that I find very comforting. That's exactly, I think, my type that I've, that I've dated. It has, definitely has the pitta and definitely has the, the kapha stronger than I do, at least. Yeah, because I have a whole class about Ayurveda and relationships because this is like, there's so much to explore here. Because, yeah, you can yeah. have... A friend or a partner that's like you so it could be really fun like you could for example like two pizzas would be great workout buddies or <laughs> I don't right, know like right. great travelers if they like both want to do yeah, all the we same can thing sit here and talk about Ayurveda all day. yes exactly <laughs> yeah and to have friends that are like interested in the same kind of things so there's like there's that and then sometimes when we have relationships that are whether it's friends or family or anyone, a working relationship even, when they're different um, constitutions than us, there's this aspect of being supportive of like they have more stability than we do. So that's like this nice counterpart. And then there's also this aspect of spiritual growth (laughs) Mm -hmm. because they could be more stubborn or be set in their ways where like our Vata creativity is like, you know, wants to do this totally wild, crazy thing. And they're just like, well, that doesn't make sense. That disrupts the home too much or disrupts, you know, the experience. So there's spiritual growth in all relationships and looking at them from a doshic perspective, I feel like is super helpful for just understanding like what that person values and thinks is important. Um, And also just to notice our own tendencies, like with pittas, there's a tendency of really caring about what's right. And so sometimes, of course, there's a human cost to that because I don't know, just an example that's popping in my head is like you go to your grandmother's house and there's some food there that, you know, is like made with horrible ingredients. Yep. <laughs> but it's like, you don't want to rock the boat because like what's more important here? Like, you know, causing a grandma to feel bad or just like take a bite of it or put it on your plate and push it around, you know? 
Right. What's um, one of my favorite quotes? Who is it, Paul Selig? Would you rather be happy or um, right? Would you rather be right or happy? That's a question that we have to ask ourselves a lot. And that's yes. a really important question for pittas. Whereas like kappas yeah. would definitely not rock the boat. No, <laughs> I'd just be like, whatever. Good. Yeah, where pittas are more likely to rock the boat, which is in a good way because a pitta makes like a great personal trainer, a great life coach because you're rocking the boat. What about vatas? Um, Vatas have a thinner bone structure. doesn't necessarily mean they'll be thin because if we eat poor food or things that don't digest, you know, there's going to be excess weight, but um, the bones will be thin and they'll either be petite or very tall and lanky. So tall, lanky people usually have a lot of vata. And then ether, I like to think about ether, you know, it's empty space. It's kind of like anything's possible. So this mindset, this is like the creative visionary mindset because they really just think about things in a way that other people don't think about things. And they have with that wind and air energy, like all these avenues to take them there. So I'll give you like an example, like a couple of years ago when I wanted to create my website and like start an online business, I have a lot of pitta and some vata. So my pitta was able to use YouTube videos and like piece together what to do, but I was using WordPress, which is a little bit complicated. I finally like got to the point where like I couldn't muscle through it anymore <laughs> and I had to hire a Vata web designer to help me finish yeah. because she has like that ability to go down that rabbit hole of like, so yeah, people that can understand, like if you're interested in astronomy and like really out there things, like that's a sign of Vata or able to go down this technology wormhole for hours on end. Right. That's kind of like a Vata thing, you know, depending, I guess, which avenue, but for this purpose of like, I don't know if you read code or things like that, you probably have some Vata. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Really quick. I'm curious with our, with our birth chart, with that orientation and our dosha, because to me, like I see a lot of that usually lines up like it, to me, it would make sense. Right. So like a Taurus would be Kapha, like that kind of that energies. And so I'm a triple air sign which should be no surprise to anybody. I'm like, you know, all over the place and creative and all those those tendencies. And so it makes sense more of the, the vata there. But I'm just curious, is there a line that is drawn in those two? I don't think from my understanding that there is a direct connection because I think that you can be different signs for different doshas. So, and the birth chart, as you know, it's, it's very complex and there's yeah. a lot of different parts to it. So I think, you know, for example, like my sign is Pisces, which is a water sign and it's dreamy and drifter, but I actually have a lot of intensity. So then I I was just a little confused about that. But then a couple, when I had the birth chart reading, you know, there's Aries rising and they're like, you're, you're not like a cool brook. <laughs> Aries rising, yeah. And they're, they said, uh, the astronomer said, you know, like, or astrologer, he said, you're like a steamy hot spring. That's your shade of Pisces or your flavor of Pisces. I love that. So yeah, there's just, that. there's so much nuance to who we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. And it's like this lifetime journey that we get to discover and keep unwrapping and learning more and more. So I feel like... Yeah, I love that. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. That's a, that's a perfect way to say it because that's what I believe all of these you know are tools for us to learn ourselves better and to do life better so Ayurveda 
going, getting into astrology and learning about your birth chart, all of these things, you know, nobody is saying that this is the be all end all of the world, right? So if right now I'm currently Vata imbalanced, I'm going to, you know, put all of my eggs in the, in the basket of focusing on that, right? Like it's, these are, this is all tools. And so that brings me to everyone. What I know what I'm going to do when I hang up is go to your site and take that quiz. So definitely everybody do that because, and in your, when they take that quiz, will they see about what that kind of means for health purposes? Like what the recommendation is as far as diet, how to, how to treat diet in relation to your dosha? You know, I really don't love connecting diet to dosha when you're first learning about Ayurveda um, okay. because I feel like it can be easy to get obsessed with this and be picky and, and take away from intuitive seasonal eating, which is really what Ayurveda is. It's like those food lists aren't even written in the ancient documents. The ancient documents explain that we have there are qualities in nature so there's wet or dry, there's rough or smooth, there's cloudy or clear, there's hot or cold. So if you are a person that is running hot and pits is high, which would look like inflammation, it might look like acid reflux or, um, you know, all these signs that are high pizza, which this is where if you you could look it up or like if you need help, you know, a consultation, if you have serious imbalance, we'll help you figure this out. Then you consume things that are cooling in nature, like cucumbers and watermelon and simple foods like basmati rice that don't have a lot of spice to sort of calm that fire down. Yeah. Whereas if you have a lot of kapha, which is earth and water, so then you're mucousy and you're bloated, you have a lot of extra weight, then you actually need fiery foods. <laughs> so you can amp up the spices. Right. So that is the base. And then vata, just not to leave them out, is cold and dry. And so warm, moist things like soups and stews. That's the general basis. for. So you won't look at what you were born with for that. You'll look at what's happening in your body right now. So it doesn't really matter if you were born a certain way. If right now you're very mucusy and bloated, then you're going to look at those type of foods that warm you up and help release that, like spicy food. Basically, modern physicians and writers took those ideas and create food list. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't need that food list. Yeah. All you have to understand is like, today I feel scattered. My energy's all over the place. And so a warm bowl of soup is going to be calming. That's, that's all you need to know. That's the basis of Ayurveda eating. And you can refine it, but like, you know, I don't recommend like following food lists or trying to eat for your dosha. <laughs> I actually love that. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that that's, I just learned that, I just learned this now too, I, and it makes total sense. I agree that where I said, I love to tell people to break it down to common sense, and, and I definitely, when I first learned about Ayurveda, was, was printing out the food lists and things like that, where I could have just gone to the grocery store and thought, you know, okay, what would, you know, what, what are the qualities that I'm looking for? So I love that. Okay, so everyone is going to go and take their quiz and tell us about what else you have going on. So once you take the quiz, you'll get the video lesson on how to break down the doshas. And that's, it's the full video lesson that's included in, in the Simple Ayurveda collective membership. But that's also in the collective membership are um, 
video lessons that come with journaling and self-inquiry to help you really figure this stuff out. There's one on the doshas and relationships and spiritual growth and work and like what kind of uh, career supports each dosha or even if you're in a career that doesn't support you like how can you balance that mm-hmm. um and how agni functions so the digestive fire and dinacharya which is the daily rhythm and routine and so yeah if you google ayurveda daily rhythm and routine you're going to get a long list <laughs> for me it was completely overwhelming so i just break down like what are the essential pieces for you you know and then help you to figure out like what things are actually going to work for you in your life and what can you just let go of for now and maybe revisit later. So all of that is in the Simple Ayurveda Collective Membership. And then once a month we do live check-ins where you can bring all of your questions and ask anything. And then other than that, I offer yoga continuing education courses for yoga teachers because I've been practicing yoga for 14 years. And when I started being serious about Ayurveda in my life, my yoga practice had to change because you know, when Pitta is aggravated, if you're doing yoga in a way that aggravates it even more, it's like you're kind of being counterproductive to what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. So the courses, there's um, one on sequencing, which basically helps put together classes and sequences based on what's going on with the doshas within you or your students and things like that. Wow, I love that. That's great. I've actually um, been practicing that a bit myself. I've just recently been trying to really tune in and choose a flow that I'm going to do based on how I'm feeling, not just because intellectually I would like to work on my abs. And so I'm going to do this heavy core flow, but I'm not feeling like I have that fire. I'm feeling like I need to, to slow down. So I should be doing something more restorative. So I love that. That's so great. And you also have a podcast, right? Oh yeah. I um, have the simple Ayurveda podcast where I talk about Ayurveda in like this completely real life that you can actually implement and practice. Awesome. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I'm going to link all of that in the show notes. So this was amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. I would love to, to have you on again and we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. That would be fun. I'd love to come back. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of Spiritual 20s. My name is Paige, and I am so grateful to play even the smallest role in your journey to living a more authentic, more aligned, more wild and free life. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, and I'll see you next time.